This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, is a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family. To find out what we're all about, subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app. Morning to you. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. And today, Jeremy Willis and I will have plenty to talk about, including a Reddit protest that's going to be going on over the next uh, days and weeks. And so we'll tell you about Apple's new VR headset, their first foray into the uh, into the sector. And it is, from all reports, the most immersive experience that you can have with a VR headset. And it will cost the most immersively of all the VR headset experiences, at least at first. But it does sound amazing. We can talk about that. Uh, there's plenty more to get into. Of course, we can always talk about uh, plenty of AI news. There's more stuff that's popping up that we can talk about in a week-by-week basis. But also today, we'll take plenty of your emails. We've got several set aside that we'll address during the show. Good morning to you. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I am Jay White. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Jeremy is the Hattiesburg computer doctor, and I am, lo and behold, just a guy that talks to him. All right. Uh, Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's weekly program about consumer technology and your very own kind of fix-it uh, consumer technology program, whether it be uh, dealing with your favorite kind of tech, uh, whether it's gaming or you know PC uh, building or anything like that, whatever it is, uh, we can talk about it. If you've got an issue, we can try to tackle it. But there's also a lot of uh, interesting stuff, as always, to get into. The world of technology is ever-changing and ever-evolving, and uh, it's moving so at a speed even more rapid than normal, uh, seemingly currently. Jeremy, good morning. How's it going? How have things been the last week for the Hattiesburg Computer Doctor? Hey, good morning, Jay. Uh, yeah, uh, first off, I have to... Uh offer a little correction you're you're just the guy i <laughs> just the guy talking to the guy that's all come on man you're like the the mc the the coordinator the the main operator i'm just the facilitator that's there is all. no show without jay do y'all remember what it was like when i hosted it no 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 come on now see the, <laughs> the the real where the rubber really meets the road this week is abram who is engineering the show without him being there none, none of the none of the parts really connect to each other for sure so jay you're such a sweetheart oh thank you <laughs> I appreciate it. But what's been going on, man? Uh, well, um, not a whole lot uh, computer doctor-wise that, you know, is really a, a story worth sharing, I'd say. Uh, but recently, I uh, helped my wife turn her iPhone 11 into an iPhone 14 through the C Spire trade-in program. And I would like to share my experience about that. Come on, then. <clears throat> Okay, so first off, that sounds uh, like that could be really easy, but also an entire adventure at the same time. Like it should be, it should be an easy experience. I expected, yes, Um, but that was not the case. And uh, yeah, um, Ceasefire. Here we go. Uh, And I want to remind uh, everybody right now that Ceasefire Right is short for Customer Inspired. Right, that's what they tell people on their advertising, anyway. You know, yeah, before we get into it, um, <laughs> let's talk about C Spire a little bit. Um, when they became customer inspired, I uh, could no longer deal with being one of their customers. 
they used to be a little company called Cellular South. And I think uh, when everybody hears that name, they go, ah, oh, I remember them. Because uh, it was a company, at least I feel like, uh, that, that focused on um, uh, the quality of care for their customers. And I got to say that uh, C Spire is definitely slipping in that department. So um, I, uh, I had to help Lisa wipe her phone. Now, this one is in no way C Spire's fault, but it still uh, obfuscated the process of trading in Lisa's phone. So uh, you have to wipe it first, take all your iCloud stuff out of it. We could not get that to work because when you go through and you reset an iPhone and you remove all the settings, you have to sign out of the iCloud account. And every time we tried to do it, it just <laughs> wouldn't work. It was like, nope, something's gone wrong. Can't do it. So I had to take her phone and hook it up to my laptop and reset it through iTunes, you know, the way that would definitely wipe everything off of it for sure without having to deal with all this other stuff. So I was able to do that and that was fine. Ceasefire sends you a bubble mailer and they're like, yeah, just put your iPhone in there and uh, send it on back. And you know, I'm looking at this thing. It's it's just one of those regular bubble mailers, man. Like, yeah, go ahead and drop your iPhone in there. (laughs) It's like, uh, how does it get to you unsmashed? Because I don't know about you, but I mean, I've, I've had some packages that have arrived in, well, less than ideal condition, and this is just a little thin bubble mailer. So I was like, uh, I'm, I don't, I don't feel good about this. But um, they do not put pre-postage on there, so you have to go mail it yourself. You have to put your own postage on it. I, I have traded in many phones to AT and T over the years. I never had to do that. I never had to go buy my own postage. Just one of those things. They were in the boardroom. They were like, hmm, how can we make money? Oh, let's make them pay their own postage. So that was like probably the most inconvenient part of the whole thing. And the part that I find um, unforgivable in 2023, somebody from C Spire, please call and let me know why you're making your customers do that. So anyways, I go to the post office and I get postage on it. And I'm looking at the mail lady and I'm like, is this – I just – because Lisa wanted to leave her iPhone in the case. And put it in the mailer. But if you do that, you couldn't put it in there horizontally. So I was like, uh, I'm not giving C Spire a free case. We had to buy postage for this thing. <laughs> so I took the case off of it. And I asked the lady at the post office. I was like, is, do you think this is sufficient enough? And she's like, oh, yeah, people do it all the time. Wow. So apparently they've done their research because I imagine they don't want to receive too many smashed up phones. That's definitely got to affect the bottom line more than the postage. Anyways, um, I put it in there and I mailed it off and uh, she's got her iPhone 14 and she's decently happy with it. But it has not been without issue. Uh, The new iPhone 14 has no SIM drawer. So you do Ah. not take your SIM card out of your old device. In fact, you have to deactivate the SIM in your old device, which they give you instructions on how to do that. That part was fine. Um, You deactivate your SIM and then you activate the eSIM on the new phone and since she's done that she gets like one bar in the house oh so you know i'd like to call into a show and ask exactly what i could do in this situation but unfortunately i'm the guy that usually answers these questions so is that a change is that a change in like cellular technology that she's jumping from from the 11 to 14 that all of a sudden like if you were getting good service and now you're not so is that a jump to 5g and all of a sudden you've got terrible service 
I think she's got a dud, man. Oh, um, so it's just I the phone. To, you think it just might be the antenna on the phone or something like that? Well, okay. So the other night, um, I was helping her get in bed, and I look over at her phone, and she says that she um, wasn't able to send several text messages. And so I was like, that's weird. And I look at the top, and um, it no longer says searching at the top when you do not get a signal. It says SOS. That way it's like, hey, in an emergency – we're going to do our darndest to connect you to emergency services. So if you see SOS at the top of your phone, that means you have no signal. Yeah. And so I was looking at this and I'm, you know, I go through and just, you know, volume up, volume down, hold the power button until you see the Apple, let it reset. Nothing. SOS. I was like, okay. So I don't have an ending to this story. Um, that's still where we are. I mean, uh, her phone has signal most of the time, but it's a very poor signal. So Interesting. I told her to take it back, but it was a dud. Um, definitely shouldn't be getting poor signal in the city of Hattiesburg. Okay, and so like if you if 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 you get throttled, let's say that doesn't necessarily they they don't they don't implement that onto you in terms of your signal per se. How, how do they do that? Do they just they find a way to 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 slow how your phone intakes data down or something like that. How do they dampen that? Um, well, so, so I'm not directly correlating one to the other, but I'm like, is that, could that have something to do with it? Like maybe she's over, you know, like, you know, the, what they want her to be using, even no. if she's got an unlimited, which we know how, we no. know how quote unquote unlimited works sometimes. Well, we're going to talk about that later because there's an email with uh, a good question about that service. But no, um, when you use an unlimited plan, it does not change the, what well, it should not change the strength of your signal. Those are, those are two separate things. You've got data uh, that you use to pull things to your phone, and then you've got signal strength, which actually uh, carries the cellular signal to your phone. So they should be different, and no, they should definitely not be throttling her signal uh, just because she's been watching one too many TikTok videos, <laughs> uh, which she she does. She does. I looked at her usage. It was it was pretty crazy. I don't, even know. <laughs> don't out her. <laughs> it was like it, it was like 300 gigs. I was like, how is that even possible? You haven't had this phone that long. Oh, so maybe oh, she man. has just been sucking a lot of data down. But, just you know, put her she's on front street. Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I have I have no ending to that story yet. Um, I'm going to see what we can do as far as talking to somebody at C Spire goes and uh, we'll uh We'll see Spire what happens. All right. Before we take our first break, you're doing something really cool this Saturday morning that I know you want to talk to people about. And I'm I'm intrigued by it. I would, I would love to get to this event also. Okay. So this is my, I think it's my sixth year to do it. This is the uh, Hub City Service Dogs 5K. I have covered this event a few times with my drone, but now I just use a hand camera because I don't have a drone anymore. Um, but it's this weekend at 7.30 a.m. at Camper Park. Uh, that's June 10th and, um, it is a, it is a really fun event where people go and they, uh, they run either, uh, in the 5k with or without their dogs and you get to see people and their dogs dress up. I mean, they wear costumes. There's, uh, there's a competition to see who's, uh, you know, the, the best dress I mean, there's all, it's just like a silly fun time, uh, to, uh, to represent a good cause. Uh, for the Hub City Service Dogs, and to uh, to see if you can uh, do anything with your pooch. See, I would I, I would so, have to uh, get like a uh, one of those teacup 
uh, poodles or like one of those teeny tiny chihuahuas right. and and uh, dye their hair like Clifford the Big Red Dog and go for the irony. That's what I would do. Well, like a teeny tiny dog say, dressed up like Clifford the Big Red Dog, just to make people. Laugh. I will say, if your dog is not already conditioned to do a run like this, that don't sounds like a just lot. Drag them out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> they they do have like emergency services standing by for both people and dogs in case you know something happens. Uh, but it's an event, and it's a lot of fun, and most people uh, train with their dogs already. So they come out, and they run, and it's just amazing to see people put heart and effort into a good cause uh, just right here in Hattiesburg. And it's coordinated by uh, my client, and um, I consider her a friend, too, uh, Angela Davis-Morris. Uh, she puts a, a whole lot into this uh, every year uh, to make this thing happen. And uh, I've gotten the opportunity to meet some of the service dogs and, and a lot of the people that are involved in this. And it's just a it's a really wonderful uh, thing to be a part of. There you go. And uh, Saturday, they're saying uh, the high in Hattiesburg will be around 90, um, which is not so the worst. Uh, but, and there will be scattered 730. Yeah, there'll be scattered uh, <laughs> showers around during the day. So maybe get a little a little shower while you're running around a little bit. But that sounds like a great uh, atmosphere with a bunch of folks and uh, their their pooch friends and that that just sounds like a lot of fun and that's uh, seven right. seven thirty Saturday morning. Uh, you said at uh, Camper, Camper Park. yeah Camper Park in Hattiesburg seven thirty a.m. June tenth Hub City Service Dogs five k. That sounds uh, like an awesome thing. As I mentioned earlier, we have some emails to get into today, but first we'll take a call from Craig in Biloxi. Craig, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on with you? Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'd like to set up a video uh, security system, and uh, I'd like to probably start with, with, you know, a big one with 16 cameras. I was wondering if uh, I actually build one from uh, a computer and add video cards, or should I get a dedicated unit from the security system? And also Uh, on the sidebar, I'd like to know who repairs these things, including the entrance the, the other security systems like entrance systems that's a great question and 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 i know jeremy th- th- that leads you into some some news that you've been looking into this week already about this very topic well uh the security system that he's asking about would be a little bit uh different the way that it's uh yeah. integrated uh because that story is definitely on smart cameras but for your situation craig you need a dvr that you can plug all those cameras into I don't think you're going to want to build a, a rig uh, to run separate cards for 16 cameras into. Now, you could do it uh, depending on what your needs are for your security system. You could you could definitely do it with uh, a lot of DVRs. Uh, they usually only have uh, one hard drive in them. So if you built a computer to be your DVR, you could have redundant storage and you could have some uh, more sophisticated software to run all that stuff. But depending on your budget, uh, you might be better off just buying a pre-built unit that you can plug those cameras into. As far as repairs go, um, I don't, I don't really have any answer for that. I would say just Google your local area and be sure you read reviews and find somebody who looks good. All right. I'll, I'll start to research it a little, a little deeper there. All right, Craig, we appreciate Uh, it. Anything else? Uh, no, I, I, I have. I'm, I'm just getting started on 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 this system here. I, I'm going to start with 16 because you know you want cameras everywhere. So I, I and uh, 
it's got a lot of research, a lot of variables to this. Absolutely. Um, a, a camera system with that many cameras is um, going to require a lot of careful planning, especially if you're going to wire them in, which is the way I'm suggesting to do it, because those cable runs um, for 16 cameras, that's a lot of wire. I was going to say, uh, just like from my personal experience, talking about having a 16 camera setup, man, that's an easy way to take a bunch of L's. Like, Maybe start with four, get that finished, and get yourself a W, and then like start like building on that up to when you've got a 16-camera rig. That's a lot. You're going to be watching uh, all the planets yeah, and everything well, else. That's a lot of cameras. I mean, no judgment. If you need that many, you need that many. But, yeah, I mean, like I would kill myself trying to start from the, from the very jump of the project with 16 cameras. I'd have to start with like two and make sure that I knew yeah. that I could get it done and then start building from there. And maybe I'm assuming l- this is like a commercial thing rather than a residential. 16 cameras sounds a little high, even for a house, unless it's a big house. Okay, well, I, 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 I'm on several acres here right now. I just want to because you got the street, you want to get tag numbers, you got the driveway, you want to have cameras looking at each other. Certainly. So yeah. So you, you probably want to have a bit of a hybrid system uh, where some of your cameras are wireless and some are wired in. Uh, but as far as the ones that are going to meet your needs, it depends. I mean, every camera has to have power run to it in some way. So keep that in mind. Uh, there are solar options uh, with some lots of uh, successful stories on people implementing them and then there's also you know your fair share of reviews where people say this thing is terrible the solar panel doesn't work so definitely uh, a lot of research to do on your part but if you're if you're covering a large property you're going to want a a mix of the two right right i was thinking about using game cameras too because they they're, they're pretty good now you can, you can get video off of them and you get night vision and motion sensor and all kind of other things like that. Well, just remember, you have to keep those things powered up in, in one way or another. So it's it's always a hurdle if you have to go and exchange battery packs on all your cameras routinely, uh, especially because some will run out sooner than others. Yeah. All right, Craig, yeah, man, I, we, we certainly do appreciate it. we got to move on here before we get to this second break here. Jeremy, uh, you were, as I mentioned before we talked to him right there, uh, you were talking a little bit about some other stuff. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, that, uh, something that, that you had warned people about a long, long, long time ago. It turns out that you were right in assuming that the company was going to do what the company was going to do. So when um, when I have cameras, and I do have a few myself, um, they're all mounted externally. So if someone wants to hack a camera outside my house, you know, go for it. You can see when I come home and when I walk my dogs. Congratulations. <laughs> but a camera inside your home being hacked, to me, is is much more serious, especially when it's a big company like Ring, which is owned by Amazon. And this is no joking matter. I mean, this is this is seriously disturbing, okay? Because nothing was hacked. There was no hacking involved. This was all infiltration from inside the company by company employees and third-party contractors mm-hmm. in the Ukraine. These are people that worked for that company that were violating people's privacy for, you know, 
whatever reason. Now, of course, they're going to, you know, they're, they're always going to have some claim as to why, but you can't tell me that there is a legitimate reason that every employee in the company was allowed to access <laughs> these feeds. So there was at least one who was uh, caught allegedly looking for private areas such as master bedroom, master bathroom, and spy cam. So they targeted cameras with those labels specifically because they knew they were going to be in an area where they could see something with some substance. So I'm not, I'm not a big proponent of smart devices as a whole. Um, I believe they're very intrusive in our house and they're constantly just digging into our lives to find out how to sell us stuff. But when the company itself is violating things like this, and then the FTC tells Amazon, oh, you have to pay $5.8 million for violating the rights of your users. That ain't enough. No, no, right? That's a drop in the bucket. That ain't enough. Bezos just snapped his fingers and made that much money. That ain't enough. Yeah. There is no accountability for this. And we keep thinking, or, well, we don't, but our the, the average user keeps thinking these companies are going to do right by their users and handle their data in a very sensitive and respectful way. And we've been shown time and time again, that's not the case. So I encourage you to figure out where your own smart devices are located and ask yourself just exactly how secure you really feel having that thing in your room, knowing that the people that own it, that own the device that you basically rent from them. Are they reputable? Are you okay with those people just peeking into your house? And I think uh, it's an unequivocal no. No, we're not okay with that. So it's time for consumers to start sending these things back to the companies in a box and say, look, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with being intruded on like this. Tech has hit a plateau and we're all looking for the next big thing. And it's like, oh, it's AI. Oh, it's it's VR, AR, whatever. It's just another way that they're going to try and mine us for data. So be ready for that. Because this is never going to end. And the only way that we can push back is by not participating. So Jeff Bezos, is, uh, his worth is estimated to be around $114 billion. $4 million is point zero zero three five. So it's And it's not even it's not even his money. Three and a half one hundredths of his wealth is four million dollars. That's, that's not this isn't even something that he will pay out right, of his right. pocket. Yeah, yeah. Amazon will cover this. All the stuff that we just ordered online All right. will cover that fee. You know? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Our our uh our Amazon uh, what do you, what? Yeah. Amazon prime. I want to say Amazon plus for some reason. They probably got me trained for something, whatever they're doing next. <laughs> I just came up with a new product for them. I don't even know what it does yet, but Amazon prime. Get on it. Guys. I was looking at Ab- Abram. He had to, he had to, he had to mouth it for me. I'm like, eh, uh, Amazon, what prime? Thanks. Okay. I didn't have my mic ready. I wasn't right. ready for it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's, that's wild. 0.0035%. But uh, I, wh- what do you do with that as consumers, Jeremy, uh, when they do that? What, I mean, like you say, Stop I mean, the, the, stuff. 
the, the, the FCC and the FTC, they, I mean, they all have I mean, mechanisms, but I mean, and, and I guess to a certain extent, because of lobbying and all this kind of stuff, they can only go so far. And the, the rules and the regulations are probably written in such an antiquated way that they're, that they're probably very limited in what they can actually do. So you wind up slapping a guy worth $114 billion on the wrist with a $4 million, you know, slap on the wrist is what it is. It's not even that bad. It's more like a, a stern pointing to, and Hey, look, it's more what that like, that's like. So I, I just don't, don't know. Do it, it makes again. me, right. It makes me worry about what consumers can do to protect themselves in an era where discipline is not a thing where consumers have, because everything is so ease of use. Like, We've been talking about, or you and I have kind of been discussing, I've been looking at your notes that you put on our show page today about this uh, um, Reddit boycott. And a lot of that, and we, we could talk about this further, we will talk about this further uh, as we continue with the show. But a lot of that is just kind of something that it's on the consumer to be responsible for representing their own best interests. And I just don't know that enough people have any idea of that they no, that they even care. want or care that's that's what i'm trying to yeah. drive at that it just allows these companies who already have way too much control of these industries way too high a percentage of of penetration within the north american market anyway to control these industries and already consumers don't have enough representation for themselves and then a lot of these people don't even know this stuff is happening because there's so little representation or so little competition in the marketplace i just uh, that frustrates me for the consumer but if they're not worried about it i guess that's why it is what it is ignorance is bliss it sure is and with tech it's like oh we will this is a reputable company obviously (laughs) they're not going to do anything wrong uh really like i mean since i've been on this show i've talked about how unsafe and hackable smart devices are Nothing has changed. Right. This only makes the situation worse because they don't have to hack them. They have the keys. Yeah. And I just I feel like maybe the company should be responsible to its consumers to go, hey, I know you expected us to protect you from outside interference. Uh, And it looks like at the same time, we've just let the people, you know, inside the building run roughshod with this stuff and do whatever they want to with it. And that seems disingenuous because it is. And we're sorry, I guess. The question I, 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 is, you know. who watches the watchers? Right. And who watches the watchers that watch the watchers? <laughs> it never ends. Right. So right. about this Reddit protest. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about that because I, I used to be uh, a big Reddit user. In fact, until a couple days ago, Reddit was probably the most used app on my phone. It kind of... I don't know. I, I, I got I to gotta make a confession. I like to watch people fight. Um, it's really <laughs> funny to watch somebody just get knocked down and beat up, and Reddit has a lot of that. But anyways, um, you can get dragged into it just like TikTok videos. Reddit, uh, Instagram, TikTok, they are all designed in basically the same way now. You've got that rolling, upvoting, heart format thing. You know, You can just <laughs> scroll through the videos. But anyways, Reddit's in trouble, all right? Reddit has been mon- or Reddit would like to monetize their API. So they have plans to basically monetize the ability for third-party developers to contact the site to make requests. This is how uh, you're able to 
load Reddit sites with another app like Apollo or Reddit is awesome. Uh, there's a bunch of different apps out there. And there these apps exist because if you've ever used – I'm sorry, it's Reddit is fun. I've never used it. <laughs> but if you've used the Reddit app, it is terrible. It's clunky. It's just You're right. not a great app. Yeah. In fact, Reddit as a whole, in my opinion, has always been a very – Ugly website. I've never liked the format. I've never really been a fan. But it is uh, probably the more interesting of the social platforms, and it doesn't require you putting your name and date of birth out there. So it's a lot more uh, accessible to people who don't want to put all their info out there on the Internet. But the app is terrible. I mean, it's it's just <laughs> not great. So these other developers have uh, other ways of accessing Reddit that makes it uh, much more palatable. And Reddit's saying, well, that's not going to happen anymore because they're going to charge 24 cents per 1,000 API requests. And uh, the developer of the app, Apollo, said that would cost $1.7 million a month. <laughs> Apollo is a free app, so... That's not really doable. And Reddit was like, oh, well, Apollo is just a really inefficient app, so uh, his numbers would be smaller if, uh, if, if the app was developed better. But the developers of Reddit is fun, which Reddit didn't uh, take a shot at, said that their fees would be similar to what Apollo was paying. Well, developers just can't sustain those numbers. So instead of passing this expense onto their users, which they could do, They've decided to protest, and many are discussing dumping Reddit for good. So if you're a Redditor and you want to join the protest, starting on June 12th, many of your favorite subreddits will be blacked out for 48 hours in an attempt to get Reddit to change its mind. So in an act of solidarity and a desire to use my own free time more effectively, I've deleted the Reddit app from my phone, and I encourage others to protest these unnecessary cash grabs. So... So that's uh, it's the twelfth is when the the protest is going down. That's Monday, uh, next Monday. And so, uh, what all, what all do you say about the protest? At forty eight hours, is what they're going to do? Some of the biggest subreddits will be un- inaccessible. Yeah, for forty eight hours. All right. And then after this, possibly forever, because there are a lot of people who are like, you know what, I'm just done with this. Done so with it. so obviously. Reddit has to know that this is quite a gamble they're taking. And, yeah. and if they've gone to this, I mean, they're rolling this out. They're going to do it. So they have taken a look at this and decided that it's worth the risk, even if it turns out to be a PR hit. Why, why do you think, do you, is Reddit in some sort of like cash trouble? Why do they feel like they need to monetize like this? Or is it just like you said, it is, is it a cash grab for the sake of grabbing at cash? Because, I mean, look, I'm not trying to judge that. I mean, if everybody has cash to grab at, you're grabbing at cash. I mean, that's human nature, right? But, like, do they need to do that? Like, I, I don't feel like Reddit is hurting for money. Well, see, that's the thing is that with a company, it's always about creating new streams of revenue right, and right. making more money. They can't be happy with the pile they're sitting on. It's got <laughs> to get bigger. Yeah. So... This never ends, and it never will. Every tech company does this, and it's just, sadly, it's just the way it works. I am ashamed to say that I probably spent two or more hours on Reddit, not always scrolling through 
videos of people fighting and stuff. I mean, sometimes I, you know, had work to research and stuff. But overall, two hours on that app a day is like 60 hours a month. And I'm actually pretty happy I've made this decision. And I don't think I'm going to go back, even if Reddit changes their mind, because I'm like, hmm, you know what? I'd rather spend my time elsewhere and not see that stupid ad for a sprinkler I'm never going to buy over and over and over for months. Yeah. Moen, I'm never buying that sprinkler. Stop trying to sell it to me. Moen? Deleted the app. The yeah, sprinkler. I don't know, man. It, it, the same sprinkler. I thought they made sink stuff. Oh, man. What are they doing to making sprinklers? Get out of here, Moen. Go back inside. It was, it was Moen. <laughs> now you got me doubting myself. I don't know. It may be. And they're allowed yeah, to make whatever a, they want there's to. A, yeah. yeah, there's a smart irrigation system. That, yeah, that's what it was. So what that's do you – I mean, yeah. I mean, they they do stuff with water, so it's totally – anyway, what, what do you think about 24 cents per thousand requests? Why do you think – or how do you think maybe they got to that? And does that sound ridiculous? That sounds pretty ridiculous. Is this something uh, that they set basically to get all of these third-party users off their API essentially? Do they set a, they set a situation that's so like. unrealistic that they basically are forcing – without telling people they can't use their API, they're basically forcing people off of it? So if I knew that these apps existed, I would have been using them myself. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty basic. So it's like, oh, Reddit app, <laughs> there it is. I'll use that one. I know it's probably most legit and, you know, it's only mining the data I approve. So um, I, I don't know anything about these other apps, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they were all free. So no longer free, no users. Reddit wants that ad revenue that they weren't getting. So more money. Yep. Yep. And uh, I was trying to look. I've had some in the past, some of the third party. And I think the one that I had was Apollo, the one that you talked about and the one that they mentioned specifically, uh, the award winning Reddit app. It is an editor's choice in the uh, iTunes store. Uh, 17 years old, that app. Number eight wow. on the news chart currently. Um. At a very brisk 122 megabytes, and I'm trying to see uh, 4.7 rating over 166,000 ratings. 4.7. And what does the uh, Reddit app have? <laughs> just just out of curiosity. Well, all right. Probably with this protest, it's the Reddit app. Worse. Okay, now, this might surprise you. The Reddit app is another editor's choice in the iTunes store. It is 17 plus years old. It is number two on the news chart and it has a 4.8 rating oh wow over 2.6 million ratings so maybe like you just a lot of people i mean the reddit app is a good enough representation of what reddit is on on a browser and if you don't know any better you know with the third-party apps maybe they're like well this is a fine enough representation of what i'm looking for in reddit so eh. so on android the reddit app has a 4.1 Ooh. Which is, you know, I mean, still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the app worked. It's just the interface was awful. I remember just scrolling through comments was so difficult because you're like, where was I? Where was I? And if you go back and then you, like, go back to the same thread after you've already tapped on things to minimize them, they're opened back up again. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just bad. But Reddit is so good. It is... It is it's it's almost like how do I put it? It's almost like a a person's place or things interests house of representatives. 
It micro represents anything that you can think of that's an interest of yours, unlike any other platform, specifically social media platforms, unlike Facebook, where you get into groups and then, you know, now you've got leaders and moderators and it becomes you still have ads because you're Facebook and it it becomes something more than what you want it to be Uh, becomes uh, like a. Almost a a government style setting of leadership for just wanting to learn about, you know, some Pokemon Go or something like that. Whereas in Reddit, you don't have to go through all that rigmarole. Maybe you set up some moderators or something like that, but there's not as much to it. And it's really cool that you can find super duper micro interest. I mean, as micro as you want to go. And that's the cool thing about Reddit. But here we go. It's it's I'm. I'm disappointed because, yeah. you know, in the past, we've spoken very highly of, Reddit, highly of Reddit. And I've said that, you know, Reddit is like better than Google. Google uses Reddit to, to pull up information because the information available there is usually better and more current. Yeah. All right. Jeremy, man, tell me about this, uh, the new headset that, that Apple has. First off, I, I mentioned before the break, this thing is fancy, it's immersive, it's everything you expect Apple to do when they decide to take up something uh, and really you know, put their money and their priority and interest behind it and develop it like Apple can. So this thing looks and feels amazing from, from all experiences and reports. But man, it's going to cost amazing too. Three point five thousand dollars. Man, when when your you price say it like is that, is it three point five thousand? Thirty five hundred. Thirty five hundred. Which one sounds bigger? I don't know. When it says three point five thousand, I'm like, man, that's made to make it sound fancy, anyway. Yeah. So um, honestly, when I saw the price tag, I really didn't read much about it. I was like, well, that's out of my range. I mean, you know, I'm not a big Apple fan, anyways, but. Yeah, this has got to be for developers and early adopters. And honestly, don't buy this one. Even if you've got the money, let them let them sharpen it up a little bit. Let them release the model next year. That'll be probably half the price uh, once they got all the kinks worked out of it. Get so, a little more optimized. Yeah, I so buy it. it's a this is a often gadget. Uh, here's a little bit of a report on it. Let me read a little bit about it here. After spending thirty minutes with the Vision Pro. My reaction is more than tempered than uh, the excitable attendee from the event that he went after. It's undoubtedly the best mixed reality, that's VR and AR, experience that he's had yet, delivering an unparalleled sense of immersion with displays sharp enough to read text on websites, plus an intuitive gesture-based user interface. And this is where it starts to get exciting sounding to me. Uh, Yet it's still just a VR headset with many of the same issues endemic to the entire category. Now, that's a good warning, I feel like. Uh, Basically saying, like, there are some things that VR headsets are not good at doing yet uh, that are problematic, and this is still in that category. I I think that's kind of what he's saying there, so be ready for that. He says, uh, before I was anywhere near the Vision Pro, I had to jump through a few hoops on an iPhone. First, I had to uh, to rotate his head around to map his face, give uh, give the phone a full view of his ears. 
for it to personalize the headset's spatial audio. Uh, hopped into another room, took off his glasses, and an Apple representative used a machine to detect his prescription, his eye prescription. The Vision Pro can't oh, be used nice. with glasses, so anyone who needs vision correction will have to order additional lenses. Okay. Uh, after a few minutes of admiring Apple's meticulously designed corporate campus, he entered a room to see the Vision Pro in action. It looked even more impressive than when he first caught a glimpse of it in the morning, but that's probably because I didn't have to fight off desperate Apple media at the time. <laughs> he slipped it on like any other VR headset. He held the front lenses in his left hand, pulled the rear head strap back a bit, and gently guided the device over his head. Uh, he says, you can kind of feel when you're wearing it, it's heavy enough, and the strap has to be tight enough, and it uses leverage against the front of your face enough that you'll feel it. And he says, you, you kind, it's tight enough that you're always going to remember you're wearing it, which cuts a little bit into the immersiveness, uh, which is something they'll probably have to refine a little bit. Uh, he'll, he says, I'll admit, I mostly forgot about its slight discomfort once he experienced the Vision Pro in action. When the screen lit up, he was confronted with the same posh meeting room that he initially entered, except this time he can also see an array of apps hovering in front of him and thanks to the headset's high resolution front cameras he had a clear view of his surroundings along with uh, the apple representatives guiding his demo uh, and after a bit of eye tracking training which involved following dots moving around the screen with just his eyes it also felt like he gained a superpower now listen to this a mere glance at an app icon or a specific menu button would instantly highlight it in other words he's got floating icons in front of him when he's got this headset on his head and looking cool. at an app looking at it highlights it just looking at it, just him looking at it with his eyes highlights the app. And they can do a little snap thing with his fingers and it opens it up. And he can do it, unlike with the Oculus, right? The Oculus, you have to, and it makes comment about this, you need to, to do it with the Oculus, you got to hold your hands up in front of you like you're some, you know, uh, goofball wannabe like symphony director or something like that, oh, looking like so an idiot. Old tech. Yeah. yeah. And it's like with, with this, you could just do it with your hands by your side. One of the issues it also says is that it's it's heavy and strong enough that it has to always be attached to a battery pack that is external. And so when you're using it, you got to keep that battery pack by your side or in your pocket or something like that. And the guy says he didn't expect to have some sort of a wired attachment that you're going to have to carry around with you while you're doing an Apple product. Basically, that was surprising to him. But uh, we'll have a link to this story uh, and the experience, it sounds super exciting. It's also super expensive, and it's not necessarily super close yet. So, But it's something besides just the Oculus, which has been here for a couple of generations already. Uh, but when Apple gets here, it's going to change the game. Probably change the price point, too, obviously. But in terms of quality uh, and ease of use, looks like it's going to be a game changer also. All right, we got about like six minutes left. We haven't done any of these emails, and I got two calls. Got so we got to go to the phones. I'm going to go to David in Horn Lake first. David, thanks for calling. What's going on, man? Uh, I'd like to ask a question about this. Uh, I was in a big box store, and I was trying to make my idea about buying me a, a, just a TV antenna. I was very confused, walked out, didn't buy anything. But it was talking about next generation TV. What is it, and when is it going to roll out? I, I have no idea. I'll have to look into that. The next generation TV? Sorry. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about next generation TV. Well, it says on the boxes of the over, over there antennas, is it compared with next gen next gen TV? So what that's just talking about, it's just talking about um, basically for an over the air antenna. Uh, you're talking about watching local TV stations, not through internet. 
and yeah. and not through like an old school analog. Uh, it, it, it's it's a fancy way of saying you'll be able to pick up HD television. Basically, sorry, I thought he was talking about the next gen. It's it's funny to call. Well, I mean, they, all they, that next gen because right. it's like old at this point. <laughs> it, it's it's nothing super fancy. It's just a really blustering way to say, "Hey, here's a digital antenna. Plug an antenna to your TV. <laughs> yeah. and you might be able to get it. You're good. You're good. the The thing is, and here's what with digital antennas, and we've I, I've said this a, a handful of times on this show. Unlike analog, where if you're not quite at the signal, you can still get a faded idea of what you're watching with digital it's yes or no it's on or it's off so if you don't have the full signal you got no signal so that's a little bit of the difference between the two so if it drops it drops completely you don't have like uh, fade that's the different one of the differences between digital and analog uh, do you have a, i don't know if you do product recommendations or whatnot but if you do do if you can't do a product recommendation what specifications would an a, a uneducated layman look for if he wanted to buy a good, high-quality, amplified antenna to pick up, pick up TV stations? So the, there's a couple of things that, that you'd, you'd have to – it's kind of a sliding scale. Uh, and uh, there's, there's probably a, a good way to figure this out. I don't know the perfect way to set up the, the, the scale, but it's something to do with the elevation of your house, where the antenna of your local TV stations are. And the line of sight between where you would put your antenna and where those stations are, where those antennas are, and how clear a shot you can get between the antenna and those towers. Uh, And if you can get a clear shot between some good elevation on your house and those antennas, it doesn't necessarily matter how strong the antenna is. Yeah, and and the higher you can get the antenna up, the better. So there you go. If you go to antennaweb.org, you can put in your zip code and you can find out what type of antenna will work best uh, for the channel that you're trying to receive. And again, the more you want, you can spend more and get a stronger antenna and it makes it better. It just depends on how much you want to spend. And, and like with almost anything, you can spend as much as you want to and buy a super high-powered antenna. And then the more powerful an antenna you buy, the less it matters how elevated you are and how straight a shot that is between your antenna and the towers. I hope that makes some sense. You can Google uh, a little bit more about this, and you can find all sorts of information. And also, you can call us back next week, and we try to talk about it a little bit more. We've got a little bit more time earlier on in the show. In that regard, uh, I think we have another caller from Jackson. Problem with the iPhone, Apple 12 Pro. Send us an email or give us a call back next Wednesday. We're out of time. We, we had all these emails. We didn't even get to them. So I guess we'll backlog uh, them for next week, Jeremy. Just want to say unlimited does not mean unlimited data or unlimited speed. Certainly. It does, well, it does mean unlimited data, but it doesn't mean unlimited speed. So Certainly. when you talk about unlimited data from your provider, think about unlimited cake, and they feed it to you in crumbs. Is that really unlimited? <laughs> So that's a good question. So we'll have several of these stories in the uh, episode description of today's show and including what we've been talking about with uh, Reddit protests, Apple's new $3.5,000 headset. (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, plenty of other stuff, including the death of Cortana maybe being upon us. Man, I know everybody is disgusted with that. Uh, also, I have a link to this weekend's Hub City Service Dogs 5K in Hattiesburg. That's uh, Camper Park in Hattiesburg, 7.30 a.m. Saturday, June the 10th. Thanks so much for listening. Dr. Jimmy Stewart and Southern Remedy is next. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.